good. We're live. We're live. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. We're here with uh, the new... What are we calling this, Dave? It's the new Will Hart podcast. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want my name. I don't know. We'll call it Global Global Podcast for now. And I got uh, David Wagner in with me. Say hi, David Wagner. Hi, David Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, D- Will. David and I are good buddies. We, uh, you want to tell them how we met? Yeah, so uh, Will and I were both in Mozambique together, and uh, we were heading out to the bush and uh, <laughs> riding in uh, Heidi Baker's Land Rover, and uh, and I had the front seat because yeah. that's because you rolled. had the you had like the high seat next to Heidi. Yeah, yeah, you were the more favored speaker. I was, I was sitting in the back. Yes, with uh, like 150 kids from Mozambique and Supresa. And uh, we were cruising down the road, worshiping the Lord, thanking God for Heidi's new air conditioning, which Mm -hmm. just got fixed like three days before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, we were driving uh, in the middle of the night out to an outreach, and uh, Heidi hit a pig, and the Lord provided bacon uh, for everybody in the village. And uh, anyway, then we uh, we just kind of didn't know what it was until we saw the pig spin around <laughs> behind. You're these. butchering the story, Dave. Come so. on, man! Like it was much more dramatic than that. But I lived in I lived in Mozambique for three years, and I think I saw two pigs yeah. the entire three years. One of one of which was the one that we hit with our van or with the uh, with Heidi and her, yeah, and her Land Rover. That woman's a crazy driver. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Am I allowed to say that? Probably not. On a Probably podcast. not. She is an amazing driver. <laughs> she is. She's a bush, Africa bush driver. Yeah. yeah. So we met out in Mozambique. Yep. And uh, I didn't know who you were. And I'm happy I, I did meet you. He was sitting up front. We hit the pig, took out Heidi's air conditioning, and we ended up being in the bush together for what, a couple... Uh, yeah, for a couple th- days, two days, three two days. three days. We went to the maggot, the foot maggot village, yeah, and uh, we had a good time. And so that's where we met. We hung out, we prayed for people, and uh, we connected. And I'm really happy that happened. Yeah, me too. And uh, you become a really good friend. And uh, <laughs> not that I, I can outfish you or anything, but listen, simmer down there. Just take it down a notch. So <laughs> we just got back. I flew in. Um, Last what three four days ago, I was in Florida at your church, and uh, Dave decided to take us snapper fishing out in Florida. It was great. I had a really good time. It was really good. Do you do that a lot? I try to do it as much as I can. Normally three four times a year. To go out on a boat like we did on a boat. Like so he he chartered this little boat, and we went out with uh, what a couple of your boys. Yeah, two okay. of my sons. We're getting ahead of our we're getting ahead of ourselves. How <laughs> tell us about yourself. All right. Well, uh, for all these people that out there that have no idea who you are, yeah, I'm uh, David Wagner, and uh, I live in Pensacola right now with uh, my wife and five kids. I have one daughter; she's 18. She's amazing, and uh, she goes to Belmont University. And then four boys: Ben is 15, who caught the biggest fish that day; uh, Caleb, who's 13; Josh, who's almost 10; and Isaac, who's seven. And uh, so, yeah, we live in Pensacola, part of a church there, but I travel about 250 days a year, which uh, I'm trying to get down to close to 185 to 200. <laughs> yeah. If Will keeps yeah. praying for me, that's what will happen. It's more my wife, man. She's the one that, that prays those prayers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I get to go around the world, see, uh, see lives radically changed and, and prophesy and speak into people's lives. And uh, I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we uh, after we met in in Mozambique, we connected up, and uh, I think what I probably had you out for one of the pursuit events. Yeah. And uh, I fell in love with this guy. He's being really humble, but uh, which is what he's known for. He's he's uh, he's an amazing prophet. Uh, one of the one of the cool. He's what do you say? Uh, someone said it, and I think they said it. So you're God's prophet to God's people. To God's people. I love that. It's like cheesy. I promised. I told you we weren't going to use little funny cheesy lines, but I think it fits really well. It, I, when I when Dave is ministering, when he's prophesying, I I tell people like. Pe- for people who don't know you, I tell them that it's like, uh, you know, it's really, it's like, oh man, we can't get sentimental. We have to, we have to stay loose. But uh, I feel like it's, it's what the father is, is, is saying over somebody. So it's really like Jesus standing there and, and ministering to his kids. So Dave, historically, uh, every meeting that I've ever been in with Dave, I'm, I have to pull him out at midnight or whatever. He just goes on and on and on. He's a prophet that prophesies over people, which is what I like about you the most, I yeah. think. He's not a prophet that just comes in and gives a word for a region or a city. And uh, so he ministers over people. So come on, what are you doing? We're in PA. We're here. We're actually, we're here at the global office. Yep. And uh, and what are you doing here in PA? So yeah, so I'm in Abbottstown uh, where I've been at Harvest Chapel for the last two days, finishing up there tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we've seen, we've seen God move and heal and do all kinds of amazing stuff. Uh, last night we saw eight people set free from uh, suicidal spirits, and just the just the love of the Father just came, and just as if God walked in the room, wrapped His arm around folks, and and uh, just one of one of my favorite nights. And so yeah, we've been going close to midnight both nights, just ministering to people, and uh, people are you know people are hungry to hear what God is saying, and um, and uh, you know there's nothing like hearing the voice of a of a Father speak over you. And kind of point you in the direction that you're going, or let you know you're on the right path. And right. That's kind of the cool thing I get to I get to do on a daily basis. Right. So, um, so you're in Abbottstown, and then where are you heading off to next? So yeah, I'll go home, and then uh, next week I'm in Minnesota and South Dakota, and um, so that, that'll be great. So in Mankato. Minnesota, yeah, I know. We're little house on the prairie. Come on, another Dave Wagner. It's he's actually named Dave Wagner too. Yeah. So it was weird. I got an email from myself. It said Dave (laughs) Wagner inviting Dave Wagner, and and, uh, (laughs) I thought I was schizophrenic or something. Well, hold on. That's awesome because you're talking about going after suicide, right? Right. And so I've you're one of the only people I ever know, like in meetings, who who goes after suicide, goes after that thing. Tell me about that because you got it on your life, man. I. We were we were in uh, we were in your church a couple days ago, and I haven't seen this in forever, man. Like you you got up, you got a word from the Lord about somebody there struggling with A B C D E F G. It was extremely specific. I won't go into all the details just to protect people, but you went after this thing, and you stood up there for I'm not joking. Twenty minutes. It was like twenty minutes, right? Yeah. Just saying, I'm not moving from this place until you come up here. I'm not moving from this place. Like for me, I would have moved on immediately. I would have been like, oh, nobody, okay, must have missed God. But you stood up there for like 20 minutes calling out. And like every time you call out, you get more and more details. And eventually the person comes up full on demonic manifestation. I haven't seen that in the States like that in like a long time, which is sad because, you know, it, it, it happens everywhere. But... Yeah. But and this guy got set free yeah. from the thing. So you go after that stuff. You go after suicide. You go after why? Why? Because uh, 
18 years ago, I was that guy. I was, uh, I was suicidal. Uh, I had a crazy life. I was diagnosed uh, schizophrenic, tried committing suicide 10 different times. I tried to, uh, first attempt was when I was 13 years old, tried to hang myself uh, with a rope in our garage, hung there, jumped off the ladder, and uh, the, the, the rope broke. Tried to do it again at 17, tried to drive my car into Lake Michigan, it ran out of gas. Tried to do it again, hit a semi-truck, but I didn't get a bump, a bruise, or a scratch because I had my seatbelt on. And <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? You know, safety first. I'm going to go commit suicide and, and safety first. Buckle up. And, it's uh, not funny at all. It's, it's the law. <laughs> and, <laughs> it was crazy because I never, you know, I, I never wore a seatbelt, but for whatever reason that day I put it on. Uh, I think I, I thought it would help me submerge in the water or something. Okay. And... Um, yeah, then tried to shoot myself with a thirty-eight special, pulled the trigger, the hammer hit the bullet, nothing Stop. came out of the gun. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, because you hear these stories from the pulpit, right? Yeah. So you hear everybody tell their testimony. Yeah. Like, honestly, walk me through that. Yeah. What does so, that look like? So, yeah, I uh, actually became a policeman for five uh, for five years in a suburb of Chicago. And so I had a um, I had my service weapon, which was a Glock 17 9mm, and I had a, um, I called it an ankle gun. Um, a drop gun, and so it was my 38 special Smith and Wesson, and so uh, I went back to my house after I got fired or given the opportunity to resign to my apartment, and I put the 38 special in my mouth. I pulled the trigger, nothing happened. I just rapidly fired on the on the revolver, pulled the trigger. Um, uh, you could. Uh, oh, and this is a revolver. This, this isn't a semi-automatic. This is a, this is a so revolver. This is the revolver for those who don't know guns. It's the one that. Turns. Yeah, it's the turn, so you pop, you know, it's kind of like that old police, you know, yeah. shooter gun, that old, yeah. like, standoff shooter gun. So on the... On so the, when you pull the trigger, that chamber rotates. The chamber rotates, and um, actually in the, we get the police reports, and there's actually an indentation, you know, where the hammer hits the, so when you pull the, when you pull the trigger, the hammer hits the, yeah. the bullet. Hits yeah. It, so there's indentations on it. Stop. Should have gone off. And uh, when that didn't work, I grabbed my Glock 17 9 millimeter, which, if you know anything about guns, it's one of the most uh, you know, dependable guns there is. You, they actually, to, to test them, they drop them out of helicopters onto concrete, and yeah. you pick them up, and they shoot straight. I, I own one, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I put that <laughs> one to my head, pulled, put cold steel to my head, pulled the trigger. Nothing happened, just rapidly fired, and, and, and nothing came out. And uh, there was one in the chamber, 16 in the clip. And um, so God radically changed my life, um, or saved my life. A few years later, my grandmother had a massive stroke. Um, she was uh, unconscious. She had uh, lungs. Her lungs were filling with fluid, and she just, in the midst of this, saying goodbye, thinking she was going to die any moment. She sits up in the bed, starts singing a song, My Jesus, I Love Thee, and which was crazy. Uh, we thought she was uh, going to go pass away in the middle of the night. I went to see her the next morning, and she was sitting up in the bed, uh, drinking tea and eating a piece of toast, and said, I know you were uh, here last night. It was my night to go home and be with the Lord, but he kept me alive to tell you this. Uh, he's not changed his mind about you. He's called you to go around the world preaching the gospel wherever your lives be touched and changed. And, and I ran from it. I wasn't ready to hear it and um, moved, uh, moved away from the Chicago area up to, up to Wisconsin. And... Um, and um, my life just fell apart there, and, and I OD'd on January 17, 1997. I took 250 prescription pills, which were like Ambien, Haldol, antipsychotics. What's Haldol? Uh, it's an antipsychotic that um, used to be used a whole lot with schizophrenics. Um, so you were a schizophrenic cop? Yes. <laughs> How does that 
Listen, <laughs> I know it's funny, but, but how I, does that I, I happen? Passed, I passed psychological exams because I took them so often. I knew exactly what I need, how I needed an answer to get it. So <laughs> that's so scary. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so you took I my pain. <laughs> so yeah, so I took 250 prescription pills, a bottle of gin, a 12 pack of beer, and I laid down to die. And uh, nobody knows how I got there. But ended up in church 12 miles away from where I was living yeah. and uh, walked into a pastor's office. He was the interim pastor. So they just had him come in to kind of hold the fort till they hired a real pastor. Mm-hmm. And I, I dropped dead in his office and um, freaked him out. He didn't believe in resurrection prayers. So he called. The, the ambulance was about three blocks away. They came, revived me, uh, took me to the hospital. I was in a coma for two and a half days. Wow. Uh, they called my mother said, you might as well forget you ever had this son. He's not going to live. If he does live, he'll be a vegetable and an institution his whole life. And um, then uh, my mom prayed a prayer. God, you gave him to me. I give him back to you. And um, I don't know what you're going to do, but make my son a miracle. don't know if it's at the same time, but around that time, a bright light came into the ICU unit. And uh, the voice of the Lord, audible voice of the Lord came and said, Son, I've not changed my mind about you. I've called you around the world preaching the gospel. Okay. Wherever you go, lies will be touched and changed. So I, I died crazy, but I woke up in my sound mind. Come on. I died empty, but I woke up hungry. And um, I really think that, you know, whatever God sets you free from, right? Uh, it's it, it becomes that thing that, that you step into. So, if, you know, if you're in ministry and God set you free from addiction, right? I think you have a special grace or uh, anointing, whatever you want to call it, to see people set free from that. Right. And so I'm very sensitive to it. I can feel, I can feel depression. I can feel suicidal stuff very... Uh, just you know, super strong. It really hits me hard when I'm in a meeting, and so um, hundreds of people a year in my meetings just get set free from. We've seen people heal from. You know, I'm not just talking about maybe they feel better or they they didn't cry for a day. Right. But bona fide documented people just healed from schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Uh, we've seen people heal from multi uh, personality disorders, depression, oppression, and wow. um, and and it's just a part of our. A part of our ministry, you know. I, I think perfect love casts out all fear, but it also casts out all crazy. Uh, <laughs> and um, and there, there's just something about it. And, and I think what happens is, will, is that when you're real, when you when you just you're, you're transparent with your testimony, right? I mean, that thing that you should be the most ashamed of. Right. I mean, you don't hear a lot of people saying, "Hey, I, I was the mentally ill guy," right? Because there's such a, a stigma and, right. and stuff on it. When you talk about it, your your story becomes real. Your testimony isn't a story, but it, it's your reality, and I think people feel that. We were one of the last uh, one of the last churches. I won't mention which one it was, but like the pastor's children came forward struggling with that thing. Yeah, and uh, that's the that's what, I mean that's what I love about you. You're just real. Yeah. You get up there, you call it call it like it is, and yeah. uh, and I think that's what people that's what people. That's why people like are so drawn to you, so drawn to your ministry, yeah. Um, because you are, there is no hype. It's just, it's just raw, open power. I love it. Yeah, I think that's a great. You know, when we saw, you know, pastors' kids get set free, then in the same meeting, that girl that had, she was a cutter. Yeah, she had cut her arms and and completely. She woke up the next morning and every scar was gone. Yeah, that, that's that, that's the third time I've seen that in the last year. Yeah. Um, just, just powerful stuff like that. And uh, I think that's what we should grow to expect here in America. I mean, everybody talks about, like, I'm tired of hearing about it in <laughs> Africa. I'm tired of hearing about it in Central and South America. Like, we want to see it here. Right. And then when we see it here, it's like, I can't believe it's happening here. But 
But he, he's the same God everywhere. Right. Okay, so then let me ask you this then. So you've been to South America a lot. I've been to South yeah. America a lot. We get asked those questions all the time, like, why does it happen more in South America? Why not here? Especially, like, the deliverance stuff, like what we saw last week. Yeah. What would you say to that? I'd say that they're, they're same demons, but in America they seem more sophisticated. Right. You know, we, we put religious packaging on them. We kind of dress them up. We, um, you know, I think we tolerate stuff, and we, we say, well, that's their personality. Uh, I, I think there it's some people are hearing the gospel for the first time. And right. the name of Jesus still has power. The blood still has power. And so um, here, I, I think people have been blinded by the familiar. But I think uh, there's people in Africa and in, in South America, they don't have a plan B. They're, they're desperate. Right. And either God does or, or they die, whether it's a physical healing or an emotional healing or mental illness, whatever it is. And so I, I, think we're, I think we're in that stage where the Lord is just pulling back those blinders where we've been blinded by the familiar. And, and we're stepping into that uh, into that time because yeah. it's it's the raw power that, that that's going to win cities right. and towns and in, in, uh, in America. It's not going to be this nice kumbaya kind right. of you know come in and, and we have to have the presence. And I think that's those people are so hungry for the presence. But I also think in those places um, the supernatural is pretty normal. Right. Whether it's, and normally it's been the counterfeit. Right. So they're used to seeing demonic manifestations. So when the real thing comes. I think they're just open open to it. Dude, I have a theory. Because we used to see it a lot. Like, we used to see it, um, it, like, even at Randy's meetings. When I first started traveling with Randy, gosh, I don't know how many years it's been. 2001? 13 years ago? 14 years ago. Uh, he used to go after deliverance all the time. And we would see it. I mean, I, I just remember right down the down the street from here, we had Carlos Anaconda and Claudio Frazen. And the power of God would fall. If you guys don't know who they are, they're, they're like kind of the Argentinian revival, the ministries. Their, their ministries were marked by deliverance. And even, even just down the street here in Pennsylvania, I watched literally a physical chain as he was praying. A ch- this woman had this like chain with this demonic uh, symbol on it break as he was praying and fall off of her yeah. in front of everybody, you know, dropping to the ground, foaming at the mouth. I, I, I really, to be honest, I think, I think we've become too satisfied with like just inner healing yeah. and we're calling the demonic inner, you know, like inner healing. Right. And, and, and not that it, not that I'm saying it doesn't work, but that's kind of where it's, it's much more, it's much more tangible. It's much more like palpable for people to yeah. Say, oh, well, let's just pray this thing through gently and talk yeah. about your past pains yeah. instead of calling it out. Yeah. You know, so I think, especially in the Western church, I think we've settled a lot Absolutely. more for inner healing than, uh, than going after deliverance. Absolutely. But if you read the Bible, if you follow the life of Jesus, he never counseled demons. He only cast them out. Right. And I think what happens is we, we settle for that. Right. I'm going to counsel your demon. I'm going to make. And the other thing we do is we, we settle for people feeling better instead of getting free. Stop. Come on. So we get a little breakthrough. And you know we're going to walk you through this through this process. Well, if I have a choice of walking through a year process of freedom, or I can be set free in a moment. Yeah, I want to be set free in a moment because I've already been tormented a lifetime. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that you know, again, you know, we're trying to avoid cliches, but but the, one of the things the Lord has burning on the inside of me, and I said it Saturday night, was why do we tolerate what Jesus came to terminate? Right. Right. We, we you just, didn't say it. You like yelled it. I did with I, prophetic fire. <laughs> I, I became Mr. Pentecostal scoot, prophet. Scoot that microphone a little bit more towards you. Yeah. Sorry about the noise, guys. And uh, yeah, we, I just want to make sure we get nice, clean, clear audio of you. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, th- I think we're in that in that phase. And can I, can I just hit a little bit on Saturday? You, t- night? you so, say whatever you want, man. So, um, you know, Saturday night. Here's here's the deal. It was one, probably one of the most intense moments I had um, prophetically, knowing I was onto something and I couldn't let it go. And um, you know, when you're in your own church with your own people and everybody knows you, right? Um, you know, it could be a little unnerving. I mean, my, my daughter walked in with a friend that is unchurched, right? Right, yeah. right, right in the midst of it. Yeah. And, and the word was there was somebody there that was uh, in witchcraft on the internet, um, releasing curses even against the people of God. Yeah. Infatuation with blood, eating like raw steaks and raw burgers. I mean, it was it was an unusual, yeah, unusual, unusual thing. And um, now I feel like I have a radio. No, it's voice. good. Go for it, man. It's and, good. Uh, I do have a voice for radio, by the way. You I do. Mean, I, I do have a face for radio. <laughs> you got the voice. <laughs> I got the face for radio. And um, and you know the Lord wouldn't let me go. And there was, you know, there's a couple of people that I thought okay it could be, and we did. We saw a little bit of a deliverance right in those moments, but we knew that. That wasn't the one. What really gave me courage and comfort uh, when you were there, I was, you know, fairly close to you, and you said, "You, you know, you're on it, right? Don't, don't back <laughs> up from it." I told you before you got up, man, that I was feeling witchcraft. Yeah, you know, in the yeah. in the atmosphere, and and so I think that's the value of working together. That's the value right. of friendships, right. and because you know, who knows? Maybe if I was in another setting, I would have maybe thought, okay, maybe I missed it and whatever, but. Having somebody that knows you and loves you and, and believes in the gift in you, pushing that out. So that that kid comes and gets completely free, confesses to you. You know, he said, I was fighting it, fighting it. And mm-hmm. when you said, every time I gave a specific word, he took another step. And so he, like, inched his way <laughs> uh, into freedom. And probably, the you know, the great part of that, um, his freedom was also a moment for my kids. You know, my, my 15-year-old and, and 10-year-old, they went they went for it. I mean, yeah. my my 15-year-old was, was screaming like he'd been preaching for, for 50 years. Yeah, let me paint the picture, man. So so Dave drops down to the ground as this guy is, like, full-on manifesting. If you haven't seen that before, this might be a little freaky to you. Yeah. It's okay. Like, don't worry. It's not something that we're looking for. It's something that God does in, in the yeah. anointing. Yeah. So he's on the ground screaming, shaking. I mean, I haven't seen that in the States. I, I it's, been, it's, been, it's been maybe five years since I've seen that full-on manifestation, manifestation in the States. And your boy, uh, who's fifteen, Benjamin, yeah. Ben, Ben jumps in like he's like he's some old timey preacher man, like like he's been doing it his whole life. Jumps in, throws his hands on this guy, and starts calling this thing out. Brian Schwartz was there as well, yeah. and he was he was he actually preached that that's that that service. He jumps in with his big old banana hands. Brian Schwartz <laughs> is a he was a middle linebacker for the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars. He jumps in, lays his hands on him, and this kid got got prayed for. Yeah, yeah. And and the cool thing, so uh, my son ten, who my son Josh, who's ten, uh, Thursday night Will was in our our kids' church. He went in there and imparted to the kids. And uh, Josh is really sensitive, loves God, but he had the most profound encounter of his life. And um, and you know he, he and God starts speaking to him. He's seeing angels, all of these things. And that night he's over in the kids' church, and the Lord speaks to him. You're going to go in to the into the auditorium. That's right. And your dad and your brother are going to be praying for somebody. That's right. And I'm going to use you. You're going to lay your hand on their back, and there's going to be something that they have is going to disappear. And um, 
uh, and you're going to give him a word that's going to encourage him. So he walks in, he sees me and Ben down front. He, he just makes a beeline for us, gets down right by me. He has his hand outside of the, on, on the guy's back, but on top of his shirt. And then all of a sudden, you know, he breaks every protocol, but he gets away with it because he's 10. <laughs> and he lifts the guy's shirt and puts his hand on these scars where this guy had been demonically assaulted. Right. And the guy gets, you know, gets touched by God. And, and you know what? Uh, to me— you can take you can take everything else that we deal with on the road. We can all of the stuff, right? And in that moment, it's all worth it. My testimony's worth it. Right. Twenty twenty six years of crazy becomes worth it every time I see somebody set free. Right. Because, and to see your kids and doing to see it. See your kids because they'll never have to go through the stuff I went through. Right. All they know is freedom. All they know is what God can do. Nobody's ever told them that God can't do it. So they have no reason not to believe. Yeah. I mean, you could see that in your kids. They yeah. jump in. Yeah. You know, it was it was amazing. All, all of his kids. Guess where I was? I was in the back room eating pitas and, and hummus. <laughs> it was delicious. Well, you need to feed yourself because you're <laughs> preaching the next day. I was like, I was like, everybody out here has got it. I'm going to go get some pita chips. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Man. My, my wife said, "Yeah, Will, I saw Will in the back, and he was like going to get some food, and he's like, uh, I'm glad they're into this because it's not my thing.' I don't like deliverance, man. I never have. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like it because I, I'm a preacher, yeah. right? I have to. Yeah. But like, it's messy, man. I, my wife, she's the one that's gifted in it. Like, my wife legitimately. Anything that I'm lacking in deliverance, she makes up for tenfold. I, we actually, the first time I fell in love with her was at a deliverance session with a witch named Delilah. She was an 18-year-old witch named Delilah that got set free yeah. supernaturally. The story's crazy. I can't go into it. But she, she ended up meeting us, the short version, she ended up meeting us outside of the service in Paraguay. And myself and Bob who I was traveling with at the time, she goes, you're a bunch of magicians. You're like David Copperfield because she had watched all this supernatural stuff take place. Her mom was the head witch in the area. We didn't know this, but she was there. She lived right down the street, came to the meetings just to check it out. Her and her brother did, little brother. And she meets us, Bob, who you met, Bob, uh, Dave, which is so crazy about yeah. this whole thing because Dave, before we even knew it, he met and hung out with my spiritual father. So if any of you guys have ever like heard me preach or or share about uh, Captain Bob. Dave met Bob and ministered with him for, I don't know, there was like a month, two, three months of meetings right. in South Dakota. And uh, and so we connected over that later on. It's just awesome. Like this, the, the whole way that the Lord unfolded us connecting was just awesome. But so she gets, Bob, Bob, Bob and I are out there on the street and I'm just this little kid. I've, I've only been saved like six, maybe eight months. And Bob's like, get behind her, Will, because I just caught for him. So I get behind her. I stick my hands out like I'm going to catch. And she starts backing up. And she's full on manifesting. I couldn't tell. I was just, you know, I was in Holy Ghost, you know, happy land. And this is all taking place on the sidewalk. Bob's like, come here, boy. And, uh, and, I, and I scoot around by her. And as I go by her, she like lunges at me. And uh, I was like, whoa, I'd never seen that before. But anyway, so she she supernaturally gets set free that night in her house, is there at the church the next day, worshiping, praising the Lord. And we thought she was all <laughs> we thought she was all free, but she had a few little clingers sticking on there. And so, I don't know, maybe a month or so later, she ended up manifesting at this church we were ministering at. She she came on our ministry team. She ended up manifesting, took her to the back room. 
and she lunged out and physically assaulted my wife, who was our translator at the time. Reached out, grabbed a hold of my wife's face, just like, <sighs> and uh, and and my wife just goes peace in the name of Jesus, and I'm like in the corner, you know, curled up. Bob, she Bob was there. It was like me, my wife, and Bob. And Bob's like, I gotta go use the bathroom. And so he takes off, and as soon as he takes out of the room, she just goes, you know, crazy, attacks my wife, who was our, you know, our interpreter at the time. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's the lady I want to ma- I want to marry. But anyway, you know, she's the one that has it. I, I don't like doing it, man. I, I'm not gifted at it. You know, there is like, I shouldn't say that because I preach against saying stuff like that. But I really don't. It's not my forte. If it's sovereign and happens in the thing, then I go for it. But, uh, which we've seen. But like that one-on-one, like hour, two-hour, three-hour sessions, I, I, I just don't have the grace on my life to do it. You do, though, buddy. You know, uh, not all the time, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just can't stand to see somebody stay bound when Jesus paid the price for them to be free. Yeah. And um, That's why I call my wife. I'm like, babe, yeah. unbind them. And, you know, I just can't. I'll, I'll stay all night with one, although there's a thousand people in the room or something, yeah. because I just it's that important to me. And um, you know, and I've just seen it too many times. You know, I, I, it's, I don't know how we all got on this uh, topic, but you're talking to remind me of a, a funny story. I was out in in, De- in Denver, Colorado, and uh, there was a you know outpouring that was taking place 2008, 2009, and these witches uh, and warlocks would come, and in the middle of the night, and they would like sacrifice rabbits and chickens and things on the on the deal, and, and put curses, and actually like a a squirrel chewed through the electric line and and blew out the power to the building and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get we get through it, and I'm in this meeting, and it's just one of those deals where you've just dealt with so much stuff, and I just hit that slap happy moment, long week of meetings, crazy man, you know, just crazy demonic stuff coming against you. And uh, I'm greeting the people, so they get me up, and I'm like, anybody heard me for the first time? You know, it's a few people, right? And uh, I don't even know why to this day I said it. I, I said, are there any witches and warlocks in the room? And like three people <laughs> lifted their hand. And I'm like, oh, yeah, if you know, you behave yourself, you can stay. And then I go, are there any religious pe- any religious spirits in the room? And four people get up and they run out. And it was the freest meeting I ever had. Those three witches gave their life to the Lord. It was like, it was like cool. I was like, I'll live for moments like, I'll live for moments like that. So basically, you just got to get so tired and worn out of meetings that you just uh, lose your filters. That's it, man. That's all you need. Come on. Uh, I think that's what we need to do. Honestly, uh, when you were at my at our church this weekend, it was just raw and unfiltered. Yeah, and you can get away with saying stuff there <laughs> I said that some I can't. Stuff there that I would, I would not say in normal churches. But number one, uh, I think we needed to hear it. Number two, uh, we could handle it, um, and and it's brought change. I've, I, you know, uh, wow. I, I could the list of testimonies from this weekend, from just how you ministered to us, has literally has literally changed. That brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you. So all this segues into because we were talking about while we were out there that whole like nice prophet versus versus like harsh prophet like i had a prophet guy come up to me at, at your church so now your church is a little it isn't like the kind of the vineyardy stream it's more pentecostal old school pentecostal but he he was one of the speakers awesome guy loved kevin so great to meet him but he said something that i'd never heard before he he referred to himself as like the elijah prophet and you're like you're like yeah kevin has no problem bringing a word that's harsh so i know you you're you're not a harsh word a lot of our stream right there's this, I don't think it's like written down, but there's this kind of thought process in our stream that we don't give like 
corrective words we don't give harsh words uh, do you know what i'm talking about is this making sense yep you're the you're the prophetic guy i'm not so listen i, I think that god uses us the way we are uh he uses our personality he uses all of those things uh the prophet you're referring to um he's you know he he walks really in that he walks in an office of of, of the prophet uh, his training was completely different. He got radically saved in the Air Force when he was stationed in Spain. God started just talking to him. He was hearing the voice of God. Nobody told him that that wasn't normal, uh, and he just he went for it. And he's you know he's got this passion and this zeal, and you know his delivery is probably you know what was expected of a prophet twenty five thirty years right. ago. And um, for me. Um, you know, I, I think there's this. You know, I think there's. I function kind of in a, pre, in, in a priestly prophet thing, and um, I believe that. You know that that. Uh, yeah, the gift of prophecy is for edification to build you up, exhortation to push you forward, comfort and strength. I believe in that. But you watch me the other night just step into that office. Right. My voice changes. You know, my my posture changes, and I, and the authority on the word changes. Um, because I stepped into my governmental right. fivefold office, most of the time I'm ministering out of the gift of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, uh, and I think those things. How I judge prophecy is this: Does it sound like a loving father talking to a son or a daughter? Right, which is how you minister. That's right. like literally yeah. how you minister. It always lines up with the word of God. Kevin has that stirring, shaking thing, you know. So his his deal is, I want to turn hearts. Uh, I think the the deal is where. Where, where he what he's after is trying to align the church. He's dealing with old line right. churches like, come on, come back to your first love. You guys have, have come so far from it. Yeah. Where I'm ministering a lot of people that have been unchurched or in this new right. in this new stream. Or they've come out from maybe a movement like that right. where they that kind of repelled them from the prophetic. Absolutely. And so, you know, I feel like my assignment is to heal the prophetic. I actually got a word uh, uh, somebody gave me a word here at Global um, Three years ago, one of the, one of the first pursuits I did, somebody came up and gave me a word and said, "God's anointed you to heal the prophetic." Where people have gotten mm. bad words, or maybe the content of the word was right, but the delivery uh, was was harmful. You know, it's not just what I say; it's how I say it that has weight. Uh, and and so you know, you learn. I think most most prophecies are missed not in the content, but in the in the delivery. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's a huge huge thing that we're that we're facing. Um, you know, we, we kind of were we're just joking around about false prophets earlier. Uh, I don't I don't think that if, if somebody misses a prophecy, they yeah. get it wrong. They whether it's out of time. How, how about you? Do you miss? Um, I, I'm sure that I have. <laughs> Come on, wait. Tell me what that's like. Walk me through when you when you miss. So let me just like let's say like let, let's do it in the context of a church. You're there. You're like, hey, you're gonna have I don't know whatever a new building, and they're like, you know, and they they don't or whatever. Right. Again, I think where I've missed it has not been. I think my motive has been right, even when I missed it. Like my heart was just uh, after God. I, I genuinely thought I was hearing God. And I love the church. I wasn't trying to showboat anything like that. Right. Uh, one time, uh, I said the Lord's moving you into fifty-two days of miracles, and um, the church took it literally, and they started counting down. Yeah. And and there was some stuff that happened that I could, if I really just wanted to be, you know, 
phone to be Mr. Profit. I'd say, well, you know, right. there was a headache healed here, and there was, you know, $50 <laughs> extra came in the offering there. Right. Um, but they they took that and applied it to whatever their circumstance was, I mean, what they were believing for. They had their right. idea of what that looked like. Um, and I think that, that, that timing is the hardest thing to see in the Spirit. Probably if I've ever missed it, it's, it's, been, in, it's been in timing. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think we have to be careful not to box God in. Uh, another time that I missed it, man, um, and I'll just be real without trying to get serious yeah. and weepy. Um, you know, I, I genuinely felt um, there's been twice in my life I've missed it this way where I genuinely felt that God was going to heal somebody, and they didn't. And I, I said, you'll live and not die. You'll prophesy. And um, one girl, she did. She lived 18 years. You know, I could say, okay, you didn't miss it. She could have died right. in five. Or, you know, there's mysteries that, that we'll know when, whenever we, we get to heaven, I guess. The other was just a couple of years ago, my, my pastor had, had cancer. You know, and you, you, you pray prayers, and, and you see it going downhill. And but he trained me in that way that you just believe God for everything until my last breath. And so, you know, I was prophesying, come on, we're going to travel together. Uh, you know, I see you in your 90s running with me. Come on. And and um, he, he didn't. He, he, he went home to be with the Lord last year, and um, that was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But I'll tell you who, who brought comfort to me, that old-school prophet that we talk, just talked about. Yeah. In the hospice waiting room, he comes to me and says, what do you want me to tell people? Because people are asking, you said this. What do you want me to tell people? And uh, at the time, I said, just tell them I freaking missed it. I don't, I don't, I don't really care at this moment. I mean, I, I could care less about my reputation. Um, you know, it was just raw. It was a raw moment. He said, look at me. Let, let, me, let me tell you what, I te- what I'm telling people. You know, Lyndall Ballinger, that man in there was a seed, were his seeds. So that word didn't isn't dying with him. It's living in you. It's living in me. It's living in us. So it just had a different application. Yeah. And so if I even when I missed it, it's hard to say that I missed it. I mean, I, I'm I'm being honest. Right. Like I okay, I feel like I missed it, but there's there's room for the mercy and grace of right. God to come in on it. I get nervous when people don't miss it or can't admit that they Dude, missed it. Dude, that's like one of my the first things I look for yeah. in somebody in the prophet. I have to see somebody miss it. Yeah, I know that freaks people out. Maybe you know people yeah. don't like hearing that. Yeah, but it shows me the human side of them. It shows me that that they are just regular people. Yeah. and it's like it's funny because we put. I mean, I feel like the pressure that gets put on the prophetic. Is totally different than the pressure that get, gets put on me. Like nobody gets upset if I pray for the sick and they don't get healed. Right. They're like, "Thank you so much for trying." Yeah, you know, it, it, like I had, I prayed for a, a, cerebr- a kid with cerebral palsy at your church. You know, the mother brought them in, um, heard about it, heard the testimonies. I was saying, you know, brought them in. I prayed, I don't know, forty five minutes, half hour for the kid, and nothing happened. You know, and they're not like false healer. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so I think there's a lot more pressure that gets put on the prophetic, but that's kind of the nature of the call that you, that that you guys carry, you know, like people, if, if I pray for someone and they don't have, get baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, whatever, you know, they, no one leaves angry. I mean, I'm sure there are people, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I I think this, we're all practicing. Right. You know, doctors practice medicine, lawyers practice law. 
if you go to the doctor and three days later you're not better, you just go back and say, hey, that pill didn't work. Right. You know, give me something else. Uh, you know, and why? Because we're all practicing. I think we, we're practicing the Holy Spirit. I think the moment I know it all or I think that I know it all, yeah. uh, then I should probably quit. Yeah. Uh, I think this, what really marks, what really, I think, qualifies somebody to be a false prophet is not the accuracy of their words, it's the motive of their heart. Right. Uh, you know, uh, God is more interested in our motive than than how we're moving and how we're, we're, we're flowing. I, I know, I, I, I look around today, just turn on the TV after midnight, and you've got, you've got plenty of people out there that they're, they're hitting accurate words or appearingly hitting accurate words, but their motive is filthy. You, you feel it. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you feel it. Um, for me, uh, I don't need to be a perfect prophet, but I do. I do. You, you know me. My heart is to be a pure-hearted prophet. Right. And if I miss it, then I'll say that I'll miss it. You know, I do a lot of stuff in non-charismatic, non-Pentecostal, uh, non—you know, you know, outside of our stream, Presbyterian, Anglican, Catholic, Baptist even. And um, you know, when I first started out, I was always gutsy. I, I'm, I've always been risky, um, right? Because I think that's how this thing operates. That you know, God—if God's going to speak something to me. He's going to trust me to, to speak it out if that's what he wants me to do. And um, there was a pastor um, from Connecticut who had people coming to him saying, you know, David Wagner's a false prophet, all this stuff, things haven't happened. You know, he spoke that a year ago, it's not happening, and even things I didn't put time frames on. Um, but this guy who wasn't filled with the Spirit at the time said, we need to be careful with what we call false prophecies because you can look right now, you can go to the Bible, which is the infallible Word of God, and there's things that still haven't happened yet. They're going to. Right. You know, look at the look at the disciples, look at the apostles that thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Right. And here we are 2,000 years waiting. So I, I think you need to have to, you just have to be careful on, on how you, you judge it. And, and I think that you, you should judge prophets and prophecy that comes out of them by the fruit. You know, right. I think I've got a pretty good track record. Uh, of people li- people's lives being generally changed oh God, yeah. and, and, and marked by that. And so the thing we have to be careful is not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. So I'm going to look for that. I, I think that's why the gift of discernment, you know, you, you know, I'm taught we read, and because prophecy is my thing, you know, prophecy is the greatest gift. Right. You, you like word of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm a word of knowledge fan. Right? Yeah. And I, I like it all, man. It's all right. my favorite. Uh, but I think the most needed gift right now in the body is the gift of discernment. Because why? Uh, because this, I, I think. Here, keep talking. I'm going to grab some drink. Do you want something? Uh, sure. Okay. So I, I think that discernment is the most important thing that we need right now, because there's so much stuff happening. And if you don't know the heart of God, you don't know the. Uh, if you don't know the, the voice of the Lord, anybody that has a gift or a microphone, you're receiving. You know, you're okay. I'm, I'm taking that. that right. That's God. That's God. That's God. And. I've got to discern not only is it from the Lord, I've got to discern is, the, is it the timing? Right. I've got to discern is this a corporate word? Is this a, a thing like that? And I think so many people, they are so desperate. They're, 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 they're so hungry if there is such a thing um, that anything that sparkles, moves, right. Right, we're, we're chasing after it. Right. But it all comes to this. I, I think we can't chase the manifestation. We've got to chase the one that manifests. We've got, we've got to chase him. Right. We, we've got to chase We've got to chase God. We've, we, 
I can live without a lot of things, but I, I can't live without his presence. Yeah. And, and, and so we've got to discern, you know, we've got to discern that. And, and the way to do that, I think, is by people's fruit, by their heart. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I've just seen too much of the real yeah. to, to get caught up or worry about who is and who isn't. But right. uh, at the same time, I want to protect, you know, I want to protect this great gift. Yeah, I want to protect what okay. God's given. Okay, so how did you get your? How did you? How did you know that you? Like, when did you step over from? Like a lot of people, we we teach at Global. Everybody prays. Everybody plays. You know, we're an equipping ministry. Yeah. But there's a difference between the office. Somebody who holds the office of a prophet and somebody who moves in. I gotta. I gotta remember to stay close. Uh, somebody who moves in the prophetic gift. Yeah. So when did you make that crossover? So yeah, so I got. Or were you always a prophet? I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I don't think you can become a prophet. I think you're born a prophet. You're either born one or you're not. Okay, it's, so it's, it's not. It's, it's who I am. It's sovereign. It's sovereign. Okay. If I look at the office, you know that might offend some people. That's okay. <laughs> I had, you know, I've had people in the last couple of of, of weeks just say, "Hey, um, can you make me a prophet?" No. I have people all the time ask me, "Can you give me your anointing?" Okay, no. but what do you what do you say about asking, receive, seeking, and find, knocking the door, fan into flame the gifts of God that are within you that came through laying on my hands? What do you say to all that? Okay, I, I say that those are gifts, but but there is an office. There is a there is a sovereign uh, ascension gifts that were given in Ephesians chapter four, and he's giving and he has given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. So it's I didn't choose it; it chose me. Believe me, I would have chose something different. Right? <laughs> I would have chosen to be Will Hart. Yeah, see, see? that's what I say. Hands, I try to tell hands. my wife that exact same thing. Yeah, and um, and that's why your wife and my wife will never. Meet. I know we made this deal <laughs> that we will never let, let our wives commingle. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe sounded, I said that. Sounded so dirty. That sounded really bad. <laughs> but we will never let our lives wives talk to each other because so, they're going to gang up on us right. and shut us down. So. Listen. So, it, so it, if you're watching, don't listen to that, yeah. please. So let's go back to the spiritual. Yeah. The um, so um, he has he has given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers and evangelists. So that that's an off, those are office gifts, right? I believe that. And what's their assignment? Uh, their assignment is to equip the saints, right, to do the work of ministry. So my job isn't to prophesy; it's to do what you just said. Everybody, you know, prays. Everybody plays. So it, it's to activate gifts inside of people. It's to help people discover their identity. First Corinthians twelve that uh, the the manifestations or the gifts are given to each one as the Spirit wills. Right. So those things are an operation of every uh, every believer. Healings, prophecy. You know, you you said something funny the other. Not funny the other day, but really cool the other day. You said, you know, my first, you know, my first spiritual gift wasn't tongues. I, I know. I, I, sing, I, I felt like that offended your church. No, it, it's it, it was perfectly fine because actually I was prophesying before I spoke in tongues. Come on, see, so so we believe. I mean, I, I believe from my own experience, but I also believe it from the scripture that tongues is a sign, not the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. This is my own personal belief. And I would agree. Not based off of my experience. I want to make that clear to all those people that like to misquote me. Okay? Yep. I, I believe that just based off of the reading of the word, how I interpret those verses, that it's not the sign. It is a sign. And it just so happens that that's the way that it's happened in my life, plus a hundred other people I know that were praying for the sick before they got, you know, before you know, seeing radical healings, miracle signs and wonders, baptized in the power, but not speaking in tongues, tongues yet. 
Yep. Even my own f- other family members baptized, moving the power of the Spirit. But, but I felt like your church might have been one that didn't believe, that believes that tongues are the sign. No, actually, uh, our pastor who went home to be with the Lord, actually, he had a huge emphasis on tongues because he knew the importance of right. it in your, in your everyday life. Um, probably, if you would have got him 20 years ago, <laughs> it would have, it would have been different because of what he of the tradition he came right. out of from the denomination that that he was left foot uh, you know booted from. But later on in his life, his 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 theology uh, changed. Not again, not just by experience, but also by 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 going through and digging into into what the word says, which it is a sign, not the sign. Right. And you know, so when we're teaching on the gifts, you know. Uh, we have we have people prophesying, speaking, you know, uh, seeing healings and miracles that didn't speak in tongues yet. I think that for me, I just want it all. I don't care in which order they come. Right. I just want to see people just just full. But your prophetic gift is is sovereign. That's my, what you believe. My my prophetic office. Your prophetic office is sovereign. Sovereign. So how do you differentiate between the gifting and the office? Okay. The so the gift any any believer. Right, any any believer should uh, ha- has access to the gift of prophecy, just like healing, everything right. else, all the gifts. Right, but it, when I'm in my in that prophetic office, it's just like not everybody's a pastor. Not right, er- not everybody is, uh, you know, not everybody is uh, a teacher. Not everybody is a, an evangelist. Not everybody's an apostle. Right. right, but we're all called to evangelize. We're all called to yeah. Paul told Timothy. Um, to to uh, to do the work of an evangelist, I mm-hmm. think that that should flow through every believer and through every through every ministry gift. Right. But again, looking at the office of the apostle, the office of the prophet, office of the evangelist is, is to equip other people uh, to do the work of ministry. So, so uh, I'm sorry. So so I believe uh, I just believe this that uh, I was born I was born a prophet. That that's who God made me to be. That was that was the calling. It's it's the it's the callings and giftings of God were, are without repentance. So in other words, if I decide I don't want to prophesy anymore and I want to go work at McDonald's or Walmart or wherever, I'm still a prophet. Right. You know that that gift is still on the inside of me. Um, I, I think what differentiates is the 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 gift of prophecy comes and goes. Yeah. But when when you walk in that office of a, pro, a prophet, you, you can turn it on and turn it off. Right. I just choose never to. I, I honestly choose never to turn it off. So I'm walking through an airport. What do you mean? Yeah, describe right. this. Yeah, so because I, I would uh, say the same thing as far as like words and knowledge go, yeah. but um, for somebody who doesn't move that way, describe that to them. Right. So, um, you know, I'm practicing like everybody else, and so when I'm outside of the quote unquote ministry realm, outside of a church, outside of a conference, outside of a meeting, I'm, I'm always wanting to hear the voice of the Lord. So, uh, my prayer every day is this: Lord, uh, uh, Lord, here I am. I, I want to be used by you. But I'll open my mouth, you can fill it. Or put hungry people in my path, and I'll, I'll speak a word in their life. Uh, and so he, he's always he's always speaking. We're not always hearing. Uh, and and so for me, I can walk through an airport, which you and I both do yeah, quite yeah. frequently. Uh, <laughs> and hold on, time out. We are Delta buddies. Some of the only Delta. true Delta itinerates on this planet. Yeah, I happen to be a charter member of. <laughs> The Diamond Medallion Club. <laughs> I don't want to change the subject, uh, but yeah. Uh, approaching 2 million miles. I'm just saying, there's something saying. there in the spirit. Yeah. We figured it out. Yeah. Plus Everybody triangle, else is united. The triangle is like the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, it's good. And um, and it's so, good. so yeah, so, <laughs> right. 
Right. So I, I'm always hearing here. Here's how it started for me to get back to your to mm-hmm. your original question. I'm sorry, my ADD is um, kicking in. That's all right. I have ADHD, so I'm one upping. Okay. You. Boom. Uh, and so um, I'm working in the in our Christian school. Uh, I'm the cook for the Christian school and the janitor. And how it kicks in is I'm serving kids lunches. So I'm serving 132 whatever lunches a day. And I'm handing the kids their tray. And I'm like, Bobby, you're called to missions. Billy, you're going to be in business. And every day I'd start prophesying to these kids. And it was just how I started practicing. I didn't know that wasn't normal. I just discovered, wow, I was in a place that I can finally was celebrated for hearing the voice of God. Right. Uh, A few months later, we're ministering to people at the altar. My pastor and his son, who you met, um, is there. And every person at the altar, I'm getting a word for. Lynn, who's now the pastor, says to his dad, Oh my God, David! He, he's not—he's uh, not a pastor. He's a prophet. Immediately, they realized what my identity was, wow. and my my pastor had that that fathering apostolic thing thing on him right. to call me up into it. And, and he loved the prophetic so much that that he helped me develop the gift, helped me to work on my delivery because I got so excited when I'd hear the voice of the Lord. My voice would get about ten octaves high, and I would talk really, really fast. And and he would just help me with that. And and so now, you know, you can, and you know how it is. I don't think you've ever been with me if, if somebody's asked me to pray for them where I don't get a word or I, I do an altar call for healing and, yeah. you know, I'm saying No, you, you do an altar call for anything. Yeah. And you prophesy. <laughs> I, I, I did, I've done healing altar calls where people come forward and you just prophesy over them. Right. Do you see people get healed physically when you prophesy over them? Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And if you if you look at the Old Testament— the prophets carried that healing anointing. They were they was almost like they were almost like married together. Um, what do you mean? Give me an example. So uh, you know, if you look in uh, Elisha, uh, you look in Elisha's ministry and um, the Shunammite woman's, uh, she's barren. He gives her a word that yeah. you're going to end about this time next year, and sure enough, she conceives. Yeah. The, eight years later, the baby dies. The boy dies, and he's the one who comes back. And prophesies life into it, lays himself out over it, and so um, th- those gifts go go hand in hand. The the voice of the Lord, he, he you know, if you look biblically, if you look throughout the history of time, mm-hmm. God always speaks it before He does it, so or He speaks it and it's happening simultaneously. Yeah. So and so I think those things go together, and a lot of times you know we you know. And you who flow in healing, you, you know, he doesn't just do it the same way every time. I mean, right. Sometimes there's this, there's this set way that it kind of works for us. We find out what works for us. Yeah. Uh, but I find sometimes you're standing over people and you're praying for them about other stuff. And happened yesterday, and I'm, I'm praying for somebody, and the Lord just starts showing me their back. Well, I had no idea that they were in a, you know, a car crash, got t-boned couple of years ago then been on disability nerve damage and all of a sudden and you know the back all of a sudden aligns and they they're, they're pain free for the first time in, in in a couple of years well i had no natural knowledge about it was it a word of knowledge was it prophecy yes yeah. it, 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 it all flows together right so for me you know word of knowledge word of wisdom uh, it all it's all a part you know it all fits into to prophecy all the gifts kind of connect and flow together and that's what what makes it so fun to me and um and, and so that those you know those that you know when those gifts are operating and there's nothing like it there right. there's nothing like you know 
being around you, flowing one way, I flow a little yeah. different. Throw Brian. Be, Brian, throw him in the mix. Throw yeah. Bob Hazlett Steve. or whoever, Steve Swanson. <laughs> right? But we're all doing our thing. But right. there, there's this flow to it. And I think right. you know, the Holy Spirit isn't a force. He's a flow. Right. And out of the flow of the Spirit comes comes His force, right. comes His power. That's why awesome. I like doing the events with you. Yeah. With you. I mean, we, you... I mean, we've been do his. I mean, we've had a ton of people, but right. the last few it's been myself, you, uh, Brian Schwartz, and Steve Swanson, yeah. and it's like the four, mostly middle aged. It's uh, it for me. Uh, Who that prophet? My church called you out. <laughs> He's a young man with pointy oh hair. Oh my god! That's it was hilarious. So this older prophet. I, he's not that old, but like he's old man. He's, he's he, you know, I got I got the memo from your church, and I love this. But like, because this is what people don't get it. Like, you don't just like show up at a church. Like, you get memos and you get texts from leaders. I got this memo. It's like, hey, just so you know, like you don't have to bring your tie, which I don't own any. Like, I don't own a suit. I own a jacket. I might have a tie from when I'll do the occasional wedding. They're like, don't don't worry about bringing your tie. We're going business casual this event. <laughs> And I was like, okay, but but even them, like, still, like you know, he still s- showed up in the suit. He introduces me. So the night before, was it? I think it was the night before. Yeah. The power of the Holy the Spirit fell on the kids. Like it was awesome. It was really good. But I I did get a little upset because I was looking for people to help me. I had an altar full of people. I'm looking Everybody for the other speakers. Meeting. I'm looking for my my altar workers. And the pastor whispered in my ear, they're all over in, in the children's church yeah. because God fell over there. I'm See? like, listen, that's what happens. Come on, man. The power of God fuck comes. Dude, it changed my kids' life, so I was happy to pray. It was for awesome. There's, what, 30, 40 kids? It was so it was so cool. And we'll get back to the story about Lynn. But I was like, hey, children. <laughs> I, I show up, and they w- it was like costume. It, they were doing like a costume contest yeah. at church. So I show up, and the pastor's like, hey, what's up, bro? What are you going to speak on? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know. He's like, we had four things. I was like, I never got a list. That's because I never sent it to yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, one's on stealing, one's on lying, one's on like this. And like, and I was like, I don't know. He's like, one's on power. I was like, bro, I'll take the power one. I was like, I'll teach on power tonight. And I know what, I, I had a good idea what was going to happen just because I've been seeing it. I've been doing, I've been praying for kids for 15 years. And like, I show up. I, 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 I get up, I get in front of these kids and like half of them are wearing like robot costumes on and I'm like having the hardest time taking them seriously and there's like there's purple lights everywhere and I'm glowing. I'm like, can we just switch on some normal lights? And I go, okay, kiddos, how many of you guys have ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? And they're like, hands go up all over the place. I was like, oh, these guys, these guys know what an encounter is. And I'm like, tell me about it. And one's like, we lost my grandma at like or in Disneyland and we prayed and the Holy Spirit gave us some information to call the cops and then we found my grandma. I was like, Oh, okay, awesome. Who else? And so like I went around and like all the testimonies from these I mean, they were so precious, man, but none of them had anything with like you know, like I heard his voice or anything like that. And so I knew that it was gonna be good. Like at that point I knew that it was going to be good because he likes to come in the unexpected, right? Like he likes to, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I find that, that when there's no expectation and the Holy Spirit breaks, that's when it's the most powerful. Like that's when revival comes. That's when that excitement comes. And then poof, it just fell and everybody left your meeting because the yeah. little kiddos, they ran out. I guess uh, the, 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 
the prophetic guy's granddaughter was yeah. in it, ran out, got him. Next thing I know, I had a I had a room with kids. Like there was like 30, 35 kids just weeping under the power of the Holy Spirit, falling out, shaking, and uh, and uh, they went out, grabbed his father. But anyway, the grandfather, Lynn. So he comes, he introduces me the next day because he had no idea who I was, and which is great, you know. And he introduced me. He's like, hey, church, I want you to know that just because he has pointy, I had my hair all up. Like, he's like, just because he has pointy hair and dresses differently, I was like, dressed my best. You know, he was I like, was dressed like you. <laughs> he was like, he'll be, he's still a man of God. Come on up, Will. <laughs> I was like, is what that you, my introduction? <laughs> what do you want to be called? <laughs> That's what he said. It was Miracle Man. It was the best, man. I love it. I just loved it, man. I love that stuff. But I used to have my hair parted on the side, and he he went up to me. He goes, "Have you ever been a Mormon?" I said no. He goes, "You look like a Mormon." It's why I no longer part my hair on the side. It's why I flip it up. Like now you, you do the flip. I do yeah. the flip. I don't know what's going on, man. Well, why are we talking about hair? Listen, I want to talk about you. Where are you going to be at? Where are you going this next year? I mean, I don't know when we're going to put this this out. So I don't, you know, calling out events and stuff. We actually, you will be here in January. We will have this out before January. Right. You're going to be here with myself, uh, Larry Randolph, Come who's on. awesome. Yes, who's like the prophetic fa- grandfather. He probably wouldn't want to be called that. Uh, Bob Hazlett, who's an amazing Power. prophetic guy. Great Power. Friend. Yep. Good friend. And yourself and Steve Swanson. Literally, does it get better than that? Come on. And two days before we're here, uh, me, you, and Steve Swanson are going to actually be in Washington, oh, D.C. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My event. That's gonna be so what are the dates for that? Let's just call them out real quick. It's going to be December 5th and 6th, a Tuesday and a Wednesday. It's going to be at the Hispanic Gala Theater uh, in Columbia Heights, part of Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, we get information up on my website, which is fathersheartministries.org. So the three of us will be together there. Then we're coming. We're coming here. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, for a those, better conference, which is the no. Pers- I'm just kidding. <laughs> pursuit. No, of, it's actually uh, called focus. Focus. Yep. Yeah. Because we're focusing. Focusing on, on what God's saying for the what new God's year. saying for the new year. Yeah. You see that? That's awesome. <laughs> and then um, yeah. So yeah, January, I'm all over uh, the U.S. And then February, you and I are going to be with Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. In Australia, Sydney, Australia. Yep. yep. And then, and then uh, we're going to be cruising around Australia, too, yeah. for a little while after yeah. that. Yeah, so Sydney and then we're going on to Melbourne and, and uh, I think Brisbane after that. Yeah. So that's all all powerful things. So I, I really believe that, um, you know, again, without being cliche or, or whatever, I feel like we're really going to hit, uh, I feel like the Lord said that 2016 is going to be a sweet 16. Um, I feel like it's going to be really new beginnings for the church. There's a new era we're stepping into. I don't know if you feel it, but I'm feeling like everything's changing. You know, I feel like that the, what we have viewed as uh, even, uh, you know, supernatural revival type ministry, it, mm-hmm. it's changing, that it's going to spill out beyond how, how we've packaged it and boxed it. I, I was having that conversation with Jamie Galloway yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking for entire cities to get touched. Jesus said that we would see nations discipled in a day. Yeah. And uh, there, there's something about to spark. And I think that that's coming with... Uh, expectation, but it's also coming with some persecution. What we face today here in America isn't it's really nothing. persecution. It's, yeah. nothing. it's nothing. When somebody says, oh, I don't like your church, that's not persecution. When they <laughs> right. say you're preaching sect, it's not your, right. you know, it's not persecution. I just said sucked on your podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's sorry. Okay. It's okay. You said, we're, we're fine here. It's okay. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, so I'm excited about what's happening in the, uh, what's what, what's getting ready to come, but um, 
you know, if it goes out before the end of the year, uh, I think that he saved the best for last. I yeah. think there's going to be some. We're not winding down. I feel this winding up, you know, to see things I have never seen them before. Huh. Well, listen, we 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 uh, we're starting off the year in DC in Global Awakening in Mechanicsburg. Yep. So if you're in either of those areas, come to both. Come to one. Make sure you get to get to one of them. Um, if you need to like come for you know fly in for to a place if you want to come and fly in definitely grab the one here on the weekend there's hotels here we'll get you here in the building um and and you can even go to dc you could do you could do all five or six days it, we're doing what uh monday tuesday uh, we're or is doing it tuesday, tuesday wednesday then here then here thursday friday saturday so dc's only what an hour and a half two hours away yeah. and then we're going to be here uh but make sure you come and and listen to Dave, listen to I mean Larry, Bob, Steve Swanson. Hopefully, I'll have something semi okay to say. It's tough when you get in a room full of prophets, and you don't really move in that gifting that much. But uh, usually, something something will happen. Man, you've given me some amazing prophetic words. You know what? I'm I am the most accurate prophet I know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, listen. So come check it out, and uh, we would love to see you here. You know, Dave, you were saying that you think that this, you know, Sweet 16 and, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I love it. I love what you're saying. I don't know. I, I have no, I took like years ago, I stopped trying to figure out what was going to happen the next year. Yeah. That's I leave that up to you guys. Yeah. Every well, year, for me, man, like every year, everything gets prophesied over the moon and like rarely do I see it happen. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, uh, I really kind of, here, here's what, here's what I feel. Um, God lives outside of time, but we do we do need to know our time and our season in the earth. And I think there are prophets that can frame that. Right. But I, I think we have to be careful again. And, and you've been around when you've heard the, you know, the people want to hit certain dates and this kind of yeah. stuff. It's just, it gets overwhelming. And God lives outside of that. So to try to put God right. on our Roman calendar is, is, is kind of right. beyond that. But I do believe there are moments that the Lord resets us. He yeah. gives us this uh, this time to to focus, to look at mm-hmm. uh, what's coming, the possibilities. Yeah, uh, I think that those things are endless. Uh, I, I can tell you that I know that darkness is going to get darker. At the same time, light's going to shine brighter. Right. Uh, I know that there's things happening, um, and that we need more than ever before. We need an right. up-to-date prophetic word. Right. And if I was wanting to hear what God was going to say, I'd come and listen to what God speaking to, to Larry, to Bob, to oh, to, dude. You know, to in, by no means yeah. am I saying God isn't isn't giving a word. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying I feel like well, most of the people. And the reason why I actually am doing this event yeah. is is to is to say, listen, it's not just about the moons or the you know, whatever harvest word came out last year. It's like, what's God saying to you now to do? Because the reality is, unless you, unless you start moving in the things that God's telling you, you're just going to continue to the same. Next year will not be any different than this year, unless you start moving on those things that you've been given. So the reason why I'm bringing in you, Bob, Larry, is because y'all don't mess around. Y'all don't pull punches. You know, you, you call it like it is. You and then you prophesy over people like one of my biggest pet peeves and i get it like i know that i know that there are prophets that prophesy that don't prophesy to people but you know man like it just yeah. it that messes with me because I, I don't care how well known you are how prophetic you are you have to minister to people you you can't just minister 
on a platform and then escape. Like you have to be able to touch people. You have to be able to minister one-on-one to people. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I'm bringing you guys in because you guys have you guys don't just minister to a region or to what's coming. You you do that, but you do it, it, it personally in people's lives. So like I say come because you're 9 times out of 10 you're going to get a word while you're here. Yeah. And then on top of it my heart is I get to pour out and just say now do something with what you received. Mm-hmm. You know. And and hopefully the Holy Spirit will come and pour out and release impartation, which we go after every Saturday night. Yeah. So I think it's a great a great event. But please don't get don't hear what I said before and say no. God's not doing that, silly. No. No. I just that's why I'm doing this event because I'm tired of the the events that just talk. Here here's here's what uh, let, let me knowing your heart, knowing my heart, knowing what we're both right. really saying is that revelation without application leaves you in frustration. Right. And so there's a lot of people that release a lot of stuff, and it's good and it excites you and it pumps right. you up, and you think that Jesus is coming back every year, um, right? You, you know, and right. I think some ways we should live like that. But if, if I hear a word but don't know how to apply it to my life, even if I hear a corporate word, a regional word, a national word, right. a church word, th- there has to be a personal application to it. Right. I, I've got to be able to know what my piece, what my part is in that. And so uh, when you hear that, uh, that's what I love about these meetings, and I've been with you for the last couple of years doing them, is that that people, um, they leave. They they leave refocused, not only refocused but recharged, but also they they have a sense of an understanding of identity and destiny in the the time in which they live in. Right. If nothing else, these meetings create an urgency of the hour, man, for souls and for or, you know, see, seeing God come change and, yeah. and, and shake cities. And I think those are perpetual things. I think we should expect what I just said every year, yeah. that nations would be discipled in a day. Yeah. Uh, that, that's my expectation every time I get on a plane and land in a place. Yeah. Uh, but but there's something stirring in me prophetically, like, like there's some things being opened up and, and released. And, wow. and I'm tired of the body like you being frustrated, you know, because we hear these words and nothing's happening. Right. And um, I feel like this meeting, more than any other, is going to be like a catalyst that's going to to really launch us. Come so on, I'm man. excited about that. Come on, it'll be good. Listen, I, I didn't bring you in here to talk about our next meetings. I brought you in here to share your heart. And, yeah, I'm sure. But it's mind. good. Like, no, 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 it's good. I, I love it. I, I want, I want, uh, I want, like you, I feel like I'm sick of doing meetings. Do you know what I'm like? I love them. I've given my life for them. I'll continue. But I don't want to just do meetings for the sake of doing meetings. Yeah. I want to do strategic things. That, that God is is saying and doing, and, and that's what that's what I feel like these events are, and a lot of events around. I mean, I know they're seen in Bethel. They're just some of the some of the best meetings. You know, Iris, we're doing Iris events around the world. You know, just these amazing meetings, these amazing events that are training, equipping, and releasing people. It's good. Listen, we've been going for over an hour. Do you know that? Awesome. Is that good? Is that yeah, awesome? That's great. You're gonna preach tonight. I am. I want you to. You've been on a fishing boat. I have. Did you win? Um. I. Well. You know what? I let uh, I let the other two guys feel like they were <laughs> sure, winning. Sure. And then all of a sudden, in the last hour, here's the here's the funny thing. They they thought I was being prophetic, and I was actually just joking around. <laughs> I caught nothing all day. Mm-hmm. So for, within ten minutes, yeah. Dave, who's the guide, he he hooks into a twenty six inch right striped bass, which I sent you a picture of, and you were unimpressed. Yeah, I'm going to show you the baby picture. bass. I'm going to show them the picture. And and then. Um, then all of a sudden, Don he caught he caught one, and then he caught a couple of small walleye. And then, um, you know, I said the the guy that happened to ask, he said, "What time did you get out of the meeting last night?" I said, "Eleven, eleven. Now take me in the eleventh <laughs> hour to eleven can foot you, of water." Can you see this? If I put this in front of this camera, hopefully it'll 
Can you, uh, what if I do that there? Is that too close? Back it up a little. Back it up a little bit more. That's his baby, striped bass. Yeah. So, so, so I'm joking <laughs> around, man. I'm joking around, and I say my meeting left. My meeting ended last night at eleven eleven. So take me. It's now the eleven o'clock hour. Take me at eleven to eleven foot of water. And so they do. And dude, I I I drop down. See, you're a prophet, man. I drop down, and I, I catch my first smallmouth bass. And I hooked up seven times in like an hour before we had to get done. Stinking prophets. Seven times at 11, 11, 11 feet. You guys, you guys make me sick. Yes. Um, I don't get it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so they were like, oh, good. Prophet's not a fish, too. And I said, just ask Will Hart. I have Boom. Fish I feel like I won. I feel like I beat you. My, How many keepers did you get? Oh, and let's just not talk about families. My sister was there. Your boys were there. Let's just talk <laughs> you and me, right? Prophetic versus I don't know what I am. Okay. I had two keepers. Your your I had two keepers your too. Your two keepers were bigger than my two Boom. keepers. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. I feel like we should end it on that. But I caught more fish than you. Yeah, but yeah, but so did other people. Yes. But we ate my fish more than we ate your fish. Because We'll call it a draw. Because I love you, I'm going to say you won. <laughs> we'll call it a draw. I'm um, going to outhunt you this year. No, you can't. That's impossible. Okay, listen, we're not going to. How, how many people do we want to offend? We've probably offended people with the prophetic stuff. But what offends you reveals you. So you're not offended <laughs> at me, you're offended at you. Listen, uh, real quick, uh, as, we, as we exit here, uh, Father's Heart, Heart Ministries. Ministries.org.willheart.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Father's Heart Ministries.org. Org. So check it out. Go over there. Uh, people can sew into you there, man. People, uh, I'm going to talk about Dave just for a moment. He sells product, right? Yes. But none of the product goes to you. It goes to buying motorcycles to go to for pastors in Mozambique. He doesn't share that, but I'm going to share that because I like him. So any product you buy, you have a book, a book out? A small book. He, he called me son. He called me son. Listen, don't, don't you want to tell them about the book? It's just my life story. So It's awesome. Um, how I encountered God at six and uh, got told that um, God couldn't speak. And so it led me on this crazy journey that I talked a little bit about today yeah. and uh, how he set me free and, and stuff I've been doing since. And okay. so uh, that book has been put in the hands of it's just a raw book, um, but we've seen a couple hundred people give their life to the Lord after reading it, awesome. people reading it on trains, getting set free Come from addictions. On. So get it. Go so buy it. it. Get on there, and you, do you have anything else that people can, if they want to get a hold of you, there's, want to get in touch with you? Yeah, there's some independent messages and things on there, but if you want to get a okay. hold of me, there's actually, you can hit uh, the email me button, and it actually goes to my phone, and I actually Boom. respond. Boom. Sometimes you barely respond to me when I email you. No, I'm just kidding. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. <laughs> uh, Dave Wagner, it's been good having you on here, man. You too, Will Hart. Did you have Thanks. fun? I had a blast. Yeah? Would you come back, do it again? I would do it anytime you ask. Well, it's going to be a lot. I'm sure any of you guys who are subscribing to this, and you better subscribe to this, by the way. Tell them to subscribe to it. I just feel it in my spirit and in my flesh that you should subscribe to yeah. Will Hart's podcast. Listen, this is going to be an amazing thing. So we're still new in this, but uh, the goal is to get them out, get get these out a ton, subscribe. I'm going to get one-on-one real. I just want... Uh, I love all the speakers I get to hang out with. I love not because of their giftings, because they're amazing people. And handsome and humble, if you like. Listen, simmer down there. And so uh, so I feel like just these times get get in the green room. This is kind of like what we chat about in the green room. Well, maybe not your testimony and stuff, but 
Uh, this is what we talk about in the green room, and uh, I thought it'd be good to get y'all, everybody there, everybody watching, just to get a taste of of these guys. So we're going to have a bunch of these. Hit subscribe on the YouTube, and hit subscribe on iTunes. Go to iTunes, find this, and the podcast. You can get it coming on your phone automatically. How amazing is that? I would do it. I'm going to do it right now. You're going to do it right now? I am. Well, I don't think we have everything set up right at this moment, but we will very soon. By the time this is out there, it will be set up. Dave Wagner, I love you. Love you too, Will Hart. Um, what's your wife's name, real quick? My wife's name is Molly. And your kids? Era, Benjamin, Caleb, Joshua, and Isaac. You have a full quiver. I love that about you. Um, we'll uh, we look forward to the next time we get to chat. It'd be great. Look forward to it, Will. Have a have a blast tonight, out at church. I will. Bye, Say goodbye. Bye, Will's podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome.